0: Welcome to the International Career Couples Podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. I work with expat couples who want to align and progress both their careers. I coach them as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. I'm so excited to introduce a director and leadership coach from the Phoenix Coaching Company, a friend, amazing coach, lifetime expat and savvy expat partner. Afshin Ismail Way. Afshin and I recorded this podcast as part of an interview before the global pandemic and shortly after Afshin's most recent expat move. So we go straight into the interview where Afshin is telling us about her expat life to date. Tell me a little bit. Well, perhaps actually the question is a little bit about your expatriation journey to date. So if you and maybe not in a huge amount of detail, but just <laughs> what? when did the journey start and which countries have you been through mm-hmm.
1: up to present day? Sure. OK, well, I'm going to try to be as quick as possible. I counted yesterday that I've done I've done expatriation nine times for various reasons. Um, work related or or education related or uh whatever the case may be uh, the most recent obviously was in the last 6 to 8 weeks uh prior to that it was 5 years ago we moved to dubai from switzerland um prior to moving to switzerland uh i moved to switzerland from vienna prior to moving to vienna i moved to vienna from dubai prior to moving to dubai Uh, I was on an assignment in Sri Lanka, employed by my employers in Pakistan. So officially, I moved from Pakistan to Dubai, but had done a short stint in Sri Lanka. So that also happened. And then prior to Pakistan, I was in the U.S. for my education and also for work. And prior to moving to the U.S., it was... So I'm going a little bit backwards. I think Mm -hmm. you were expecting me to go forward, but I'm sure you can make sense of this. Perfect. So prior to moving to the U.S., I was I was in Pakistan for my undergraduate degree. And prior to that, I was in Saudi. So I've been an expat since I was six years old. Um, My parents moved to Saudi when I was six and um, I grew up there. So that sort of sums, you know, sums up the whole the whole journey. I've been an expat on my own since I was so without you know my family uh, for my own work and my own education since I was about 23. Mhm. Yeah. Why? Wow. So I only that's, know expat life. I was really. going
0: to say that's a whole lot of expatriation. <laughs> what do you What do you think of that? What, what Story. Think, yeah. What do you think about that? Life, like as you kind of talk it through there, what does it mean to you?
1: Well, I think what it really uh, means—it's helped me realize, or it's given me the opportunity to become a global citizen. It has, I think, what it has given access me access to is a whole lot of perspective. And I speak about this, you know, and, and I and I reflect on this very often. Is that what is acceptable or what is norm? in certain cultures may be not norm in other cultures. And it gives you a real independence of thought because you begin to realize that it doesn't, um, You it, because you, you begin to realize that the compass really belongs inside you and it cannot be um, driven by, um, you know, the, an external compass. It, it also obviously means that, uh, you cannot perhaps ignore the external needs For, as a small example it's really important to not cross the road unless you're at a zebra crossing in many countries, however, not in all countries, mm-hmm. and so your inner compass hopefully is agile enough to fit all of those realities and 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 at the same time, you still it's really important to still feel very connected to that inner compass Mm -hmm. and 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 I think that that's been um, the biggest part of of my learning and my growth is you know how do you in Rome do as the Romans do but not lose your own personal purpose your own personal values your own personal you know beliefs Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you stay true to those but within a very diverse context so it's a lifelong journey especially if you are an expat all your life uh, it's a lifelong journey, but it is probably the most interesting. And I think the world is very. Um, the, my experience has been that the world is very accommodating when people begin to appreciate that you hold many perspectives and have a lot of respect for all of uh, all of the norms and are are willing to balance. And are willing to find the balance to make it work wherever you are.
0: And what, what as you think back to all to
1: those mm-hmm. moves,
0: what's usually mm-hmm. been, what's usually been the key driver?
1: Where's the decision making come from? To yeah, and, I mean, for me, primarily, it's just been uh, growth. It's either been uh, education related or work related. So far, it's always been that. Um, it it it's it's about the adventure also, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and 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 a whole lot of curiosity, you know. So what's what happens there that I, I don't know yet, and and how can I um, learn more about it? So I think the key driver is really a, about the adventure, uh, and it's also about the expansion of self, whether it's um, in the context of learning more or growing more within your organization. So it's not ambition. It's personal growth, mm-hmm. uh, uh, mental, well, it, so, you know, whether it's academic, whether it's work-related. It's always about growth and adventure. Yeah, that, those are the key drivers. It's really – I'm kind of
0: thinking about the questions that I had here, and actually I'm kind of like maybe we should just move away from these a little bit because you've got such a, you know, an interesting experience and all the times you've moved and I so suppose I'm I'm wondering back what have the challenges been? I don't know if you could maybe pick mm, out mm. one or two times that have felt particularly challenging that you would put down to it being an exercise.
1: Yeah sure I think the challenge is always the first six months um so Uh, And I'm going to start with that because I think that helps me contextualize a little. Mm -hmm. The first six months of any move are the hardest. Uh, This one, um, this one, too, even though it's been such a great move for us and, you know, fully sort of in ownership of it. So every expat uh, experience um, comes with a high level. Most expat experiences for me have come with a high level of ownership. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been something I've wanted to do for my career, my personal growth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, my adventure, my need for you know, my need for persp- greater perspective. Uh, that said, it's always been difficult the first six months. The challenge is is either the language or understanding the social mores and how to sort of fit in, but also again not lose your your inner compass. It could be just figuring out the logistics of how to get from. Point A to point B, and also sometimes feeling sort of lost in um, how to communicate
0: yeah.
1: as an example, when I moved to Zurich, I was very happy to do so. I was joining my husband and had been given a new assignment and it was it was nice to finally be reunited for the first time we've been living apart for two years so there was a high level of I want to be here, I have a real ownership and I had you know I had Worked with the organization to make this possible. However, there is a sense of not belonging yet, uh, and and uh, that sense of belonging takes time to est- to establish. What the typical experience of an expat is, a trailing spouse especially is, uh, is you know how do I make this move meaningful so that it also I also care about, I also enjoy being here. I also care about even bothering to make this work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that shock usually um, sets in about six weeks after arriving when the dust has settled and the furniture has arrived and mm-hmm. one has moved into the new place and the kids are in school. After that, it's like, what the hell am I doing here? And what am I to do with myself? So you
0: mentioned there about, you know, how do you manage to be sort of to be in the new place, but also stay close to your own truth. And I'm just quite interested yeah. that kind of six to eight weeks in now, how close do you feel to your own truth now?
1: Well, very, very much so because for two reasons though, mm-hmm. first I've lived in Switzerland before, so I know how to operate here and I, I have, al- I already found the balance with my truth the last time I was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, This has been incredibly easy. The other thing was I was in full ownership of this move. I wanted to move back to Switzerland very much. So it has been, uh, and that's why I've said that, you know, this has been a very magical experience for me in that I know how to operate here. I feel I have a lot of friends here. So, you know, the other thing is the social circle counts for a lot. It's not just the social circle. I have a a large network here um, of people. a large professional, pre-existing professional network here, having worked here um, in in corporate. Um, I think it's been extremely helpful, too, to be a part of an organization, i.e. ICF, that has a global uh, presence, and to be able to reconnect with that organization, an organization, so, you know, any volunteer organization that you share values with transition becomes easier when you are amongst your own people Mm -hmm. uh, and you you sort of immediately find that. And also, I think, I guess the last thing I would say is I knew what I was uncomfortable about when I moved here the first time or what what were my triggers because I had the experience of being in this space before. And that was five years ago. And I think perhaps it's just age and level of maturity. You learn how to um, embrace that rather than to fight it. And finally, it's not fair to say that I'm full-on an expat here because we actually have family here, right? So that is the difference, uh, too, because um, having family gives you a feeling of home sometimes. So how do you bridge that when you become an expat in a country you've never been to, as an example? So it's a lot about connections and emotional connections.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing that. I think you're, I'm hearing that from an organisational connection. I'm hearing it from a network, yes. a corporate work connection, yes. connection with friends, connection with family. Yeah. I'm also hearing learning and change within. Yes. What allowed you to be fully in ownership of this 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 particular
1: move? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that I did a lot of work before this move happened. Because um, we've known, we have known for over a year and a half, as do most um, people in multinational organizations. So we are all fully aware, you know, that employees in multinational organizations move often uh, or may move. Then it's really important to become part of that narrative from an early, you know, early. Um, And I think uh, sometimes, Spouses don't become a part of that narrative or they take a back seat or they just say, well, I'm going to support uh, because, you know, this is the breadwinner. But uh, but I think it's you have to take a much more proactive role in in the narrative of your future. And I did that this time, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really about the discussions around learning and I think because so as women, and I think a lot of trailing spouses are women learning to set your boundaries and learning to, to, to understand articulate how you feel and then be able to communicate that in a way that is supportive Mm -hmm. uh, to the moving spouse, to the, you know, to the, the re, the, let's say the lead spouse in this case. And so I think the work that I did was really around how do you get very close to how you feel and what would make you happy and what would be a compromise and what would be an absolute sacrifice because I think compromises – are different from sacrifices. Sacrifices means one person is the winner and one person is the loser. Mm-hmm. And a compromise is where um, there are two winners and the the, the gives are um, not of such a huge magnitude, but both people give and take. And I th- And that's what I've learned is it's really important to be cognizant of what it is that you need, cognizant of what it is that you're willing to let go of, Without and and really, really aware of not just willing to let go of, but six months down the line, will you look back and regret that you let go of that? So really, really think proactively about that and then communicate. It's really important to communicate because as with any change, no matter how much ownership you have or don't, if you don't fully process that, and you have a great partner who's also going through a similar change as you, but has a work environment, to, again, a community to look forward to. But it's always helpu- helpful to partner with them nevertheless. Um, and I think it's really important also that once you arrive, being on the same page, it, it makes the partner successful and it makes the trailing spouse also very successful mm-hmm. in in uh, arriving.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Um... As you're talking, it's clear to me. Well, my opinion is how inappropriate mm-hmm. and actually detrimental the term "trailing spouses," because what you're talking about is being side by side,
1: stepping together, not one in mm-hmm. front and one behind absolutely true I think that we need to do away with the trailing it might just be semantics in terms of the words but I think the mindset of trailing needs to be done away with for sure mm-hmm. uh, I think that this is a big partnership and it creates real value for the spouse who's uh, joining a new organization and a new role to have a spouse um, who is equally you know on board excited curious also going through the same you know some of the same challenges and to be able to talk through those and it makes decision making a lot easier but it's really about doing the foundation work and doing it proactively in order for you to when you arrive to to have a softer landing mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely um and so you said that you've spent quite a bit of time with working out what it was you want so that you could communicate that across and I, spoke, I, I know from our previous discussions that um, you and your husband were able to then communicate that to the organization in terms of what you both needed. I'm wondering if you can reflect a little bit mm-hmm. on that now and what it's meant, how it has meant the company can meet you where you need it to be because you've been able to communicate. Yeah. So perhaps just your reflections on that
1: yeah i think that you know and i've shared this with you earlier as well i think that it created a sense of validation for me that they in fact cared that my career would be impacted because many trailing spouses and you know accompanying spouses are also uh are not are also pursuing careers right Mm -hmm. And are either having to let go of them or work with their existing employers to find employment in the new country, so on and so forth. So it was very validating to me that as an accompanying spouse and reassuring to me as an accompanying spouse that my husband's employer took both of us seriously and both of our needs seriously in this transition and we're willing to accommodate our requirement to be in different location for the role than was originally planned. I and mean, that is a really big deal
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there's all kinds of inner mechanisms that go with that. Uh, budget has to be assigned. Legal requirements have to be fulfilled in order for a role to not belong from one in one geography versus the other. So there's a, and, and a lot of, People, so because of my experience in HR and because of my experience in the company itself, I knew what they had to go to through just to be able to give us the location we wanted. Again, ownership for both spouses with regards to what it is we are willing to give back um, uh, to even the scales. And, and that's what life is about. You know, it's about uh, it's a give and take. And it makes it makes. Uh, yeah. So it was just. Uh, that was very meaningful for us, that they would consider that I would not be able to pursue my career for a year, and therefore that would have an impact on us financially uh, and on our lifestyle that we were not willing to make, and that they respected that and said, right, you know, we'll do what we can, whatever it is we can do in order to find you a different location. And again, that has financial implications that we can't even quantify at this point because we don't know what those were. hmm but just that i'm aware of you know that it can have those implications in addition to that for them to then say and we will give you your you know your spouse financial support to upskill to become, to to be relevant in the in the local culture in the local business environment and they gave us a package which included all of those considerations and offered support in all of those areas depending on what the spouse chose mm. Um, and and again, it's just that is very meaningful because it allows the spouse also to begin to to arrive just as strong as the one who's joining, who's uh, who's leading the move. The organization was willing to uh, what was committed to making this move meaningful for all of us, for both of us, uh, wherever. I was in my career journey as well as my husband. When
0: you think of what you've been, what you've, what you've received there or what, what kind of has gone Mm -hmm. along with this move and you kind of, I don't know if you can helicopter out and think about it in expatriation, is there anything is there any stone unturned? So, if you can think about expatriates, accompanying spouses in general, is there anything else that you would have into that package that you think would be useful to people, given all of your experiences?
1: So, by helicopter out of this experience, I think one thing that I've taken for granted throughout all of my experiences, and that is really, really important, you know, that there's this Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And how the first need, the most, the lowest, the the most basic need is for food and shelter and just the basics uh, before you can even start evolving to a next level of success and next level of success. Mm -hmm. And that everything from top to bottom needs to work in order for, you know, for this to be, let's say,
0: from good to great. It, um, when you think about the hierarchy of needs there and if it's all the same and you, the the phrase that you used earlier was evening evening the scales mm-hmm. and so the idea that all of those sections none of them's kind of tipping mm-hmm. in either way, they're all there and if they need to be they're uplifted, upskilled mm-hmm. where like, I can always, almost imagine, imagine you're, where culture shock is kicking in or language is a difficulty that's where there needs to be additional support coming in and everything else yeah. at least be on a balance as you
1: go up that scale. Yes, exactly. Or, if it can even if it can even be just on a balance, because you know, until five years ago, many organizations, including mine, were not offering spousal support. I was going to say what
0: you're, you've described sounds really comprehensive, um, and I, I suppose it's. Yes, There's so it's just many, that it all
1: needs to work, and we yes. can't forget about the base space.
0: There's so many different types of expatriation happening, especially these days, different ways that it happens. And I suppose from mm-hmm. you know, from the Dubai side, where you see a lot of self-initiated expatriation, or other, I mean, I'm just talking about what's in front of me now, and perhaps people aren't getting that kind of support from the company mm-hmm. because they've self-initiated. but. Mm-hmm. It, still means people are moving and the adjustment doesn't happen at the right as quickly as it could do, because it's expected that people will mm-hmm. find the balance themselves or even out the balance themselves. It, it sounds as though this move has been kind of as smooth as it could have been, give or take a few things. How would you describe your psychological relationship with the organisation?
1: today? Well, we continue to be extremely loyal, and and we're so happy. The work that I was able to do as a uh, as a relocating spouse with my coach mm-hmm. to just prepare me for being fully in ownership and enthusiastic about the move, uh, and the manager, and 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 her ability to to really support and be fully present and empathetic. To our experience mm-hmm. I'm hearing from this that you've had
0: you've had mm-hmm. a coach that you've been working with before and through the transition period so your own personal coach um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what value has that yes. relationship or that, that coaching support brought for you
1: two things one she's helped me stay sane when you know Um, So there's a lot of conversation that we have around how do you how do you get through this Uh, and, and, you know, how do you stay on on course and on purpose uh, through the challenging times and through the good times. So so really sort of helping to map sort of the emotional experience of it. But also um, I've had six very successful work weeks as well. And a lot of it has been a lot of that has been the coach has been able to double hat as a you know as a business coach, which she is, to say how do you, and an accountability coach. So how do you stay on target? And um how do you pace the work that you're you know that you need to continue to do? And how do you prioritize your personal life and your professional life and get rest for yourself? So she has helped me in both areas of the transition and that has been incredibly important for me I suppose what um I've heard you saying as well
0: in this case you you had your own coach and you were comfortable that she could do those things you needed her to do but you also had the option of speaking to the company's coach that would have started after the move rather than before the move is that right Uh, that would have
1: started after the move it would have started after the move exactly I I would say it's great to have a coach, you know, through the entire journey and not just after the move. Again, it depends on what somebody needs. Right. For me, this was I am a coach, so I was much more educated and on this age time. So I, I I put all the ducks in place myself, but not everyone has that um, much experience. So um as, so any help is helpful any time, you know, any support is helpful at any time rather than no support at all. But, yeah, if I could, I would say proactive coaching is the way to go for spouses. Thank you so much for your insights. and It's yes. really amazing sure. that you were able
0: to do that helicopter piece and talk about um, your own personal experience. So beautifully as well. Oh it's so wonderful to speak to Afshin and to hear all about her expat life which has taken her all the way through from a very young age to now and through many of life's transitions through education, through moving with her partner, moving with her family. We spoke about the importance of understanding your internal compass so your own beliefs and values. We've also spoken about the importance of understanding that as a team within your partnership so that you can advocate for yourself, but you can also advocate for yourself as a team as well. We spoke about some of the drivers for expatriation, so that they can be things like education or um, professional growth. We spoke about how sometimes you are there's an accompanying spouse within the international career couple, um, and that's okay. The important thing is how do we get that so that we are stepping side by side rather than one person trailing? and to get that feeling that you're both invested in the same thing. We spoke about how a company can support their expat partners, not just through their expatriate management system and policies, but also by being empathetic to their needs and listening to their expat partners. So thank you so much Afshin, and thank you to you for being here and listening to this episode. If you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, sign up to get our email updates at www.kategallowaycoaching.com. You'll get each episode and bonus content. You can also download our free conversation guide to help you with those conversations that Afshin and I have been speaking about within this episode.